It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Kevin Nicholson, candidate for governor in the state of Wisconsin, joins me now. A number of issues on the table. Also, as a former combat veteran, uh, we'll get into the issues uh, when it comes to Ukraine, get his take on that. And also, as um, in many other states, in Wisconsin, uh, the governor serves as the commander-in-chief of the National Guard, the Wisconsin National Guard, that is. Kevin, thanks for joining me this morning. Thanks for having me, David. How are you? Doing well and diving in. I mean, you you know, you're in the thick of it. Uh, the primary's August 9th, the Republican primary in your state. Uh, so some time to go, one of the later primaries, and a crowded field, uh, including former Lieutenant Governor Rebecca Cleefish and others, Adam Fisher, James Kellen, uh, Timothy Ramthun, if I'm Ramthun, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, so on the Republican side, uh, the path to victory, the question I ask uh, all candidates to start off, typically, you know, what's your path to victory in the primary? Yeah, it's a good question. So here's the, the battlefield in Wisconsin is this. We've now lost 11 out of 12 statewide general elections as Republicans in the state of Wisconsin. I, as you know, I joined you back when I was running for the Senate back in 2018. I lost that primary. And it is since then that we've lost 11 out of 12 statewide general elections in Wisconsin. That's not sustainable when the consequences of losing to the left are as severe as they are. And we're talking about society undermining type policies coming from the left, ranging from education to law and order to everything. So I present myself to the people of Wisconsin as what I am. I'm a businessman. I'm a Marine combat veteran. I'm from clearly outside the political class. You mentioned some of my primary opponents. And uh, I've got one primary opponent in particular who's definitely part of a, a, a Madison, Wisconsin-based machine that has been very good at winning primary elections, much to the detriment of losing general elections in our state. And what you're seeing in Wisconsin is heavy frustration coming certainly from the conservatives that will vote in that primary on August 9th, but, but just people in general in the state. They're kicked off that their kids are getting taught to hate each other through policies of critical race theory that are being taught in our schools. They're furious that we've seen murder rates double in cities like Milwaukee, and they have, and violence spreading throughout the entire state of Wisconsin, which we could talk about why that's happening. We have DAs that are, simply, just like it's happening all across the country, DAs that are simply refusing to hold uh, violent criminals on charges uh, with reasonable amounts of bail, or frankly, to apply reasonable penalties uh, once people have actually been convicted of violent crimes. These things are happening and my, my argument to the people and the voters that will vote first in that primary and then in November, the general, is we need people from outside that political class to step up and to do this different. First, to win the general election. And then once you get there, to put in policies like mandatory minimum bail, to hold violent people uh, and mandatory minimum crime, or excuse me, uh, sentencing for those that are convicted of violent crimes to stop this. And this primary that you mentioned, wide open for all the institutional advantages that the uh, the machine that has run the Republican Party in our state has. The recent polling has shown that this is anybody's race come August 9th. Let's dive into the issues in Wisconsin. And uh, in the last election, uh, there were a fair amount of issues raised about voter irregularities or voting irregularities in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, has that been addressed uh, by the Wisconsin Election Commission? And if not, 
what should Wisconsin voters be aware of, whether they're supporting you or anyone, in how votes are cast in Wisconsin? Well, the question you asked is important for people in Wisconsin, but actually the entire country, because it does affect, of course, our presidential elections. We have to get our elections right in Wisconsin. So here's what I said from the get-go. It was very clear what happened in the 2020 election in the state of Wisconsin, ballot harvesting. Ballot harvesting is a practice whereby uh, individuals go out, they collect mailed ballots, and they bring them back to ballot drop boxes and basically uh, insert them in the dead of night or whenever they do it. But the bottom line is they're out there breaking the legal chain of custody on ballots. Our state law says that you can neither basically take nor give a ballot to anyone who's not an elected official. The Wisconsin Election Commission that you referred to is a group of bureaucrats that kind of sit in a well, in a bureaucracy buried in our government who allowed all these kind of practices to happen coming into the 2020 election cycle. I mentioned kind of the machine politicians that run the Republican Party right now. They have allowed that Wisconsin Election Commission to persist and to do these kind of things. And I'll tell you, David, it has infuriated people around the state. People are really ticked off that this happened and they want it fixed. I think the only solution here is this, that we take and get rid of the Wisconsin Election Commission because it's, it's proven to be an ineffective bureaucracy that allows illegal conduct like ballot harvesting. And then we move to, uh, like many, I think about half the states in the union right now have their secretary of state administer their elections. And look, yes, that will be imperfect, too, but at least that individual is accountable to the voters of their state. And we need a governor, and this is why I'm running, who will actually ensure that we've written our laws in such a way that there's no room for misinterpretation. And then we see our election laws actually correctly enforced going forward. But we have to stop ballot harvesting. We need to stop the inundation of money from people like Mark Zuckerberg, who did flood money into the state of Wisconsin and many states throughout the country in order to loosen election protocols around things like ballot harvesting to make it easier for the left to go out, break the legal chain of custody and ballots and shovel them in. That has to be fixed. And, I, you know, again, I've got primary opponents wedded to that political machine who are wedded to the Wisconsin Election Commission who have allowed all this to happen. You ask about my path to victory. Part of it is just telling the truth that we got to do this better going forward. Let's stay on that issue of ballot harvesting for a moment. Uh, and to the Wisconsin Election Commission, the Supreme Court issued its decision in Brnovich versus DNC, the Democratic National Committee, on ballot harvesting in that case two parts primary two primers on this a first a ban on third-party ballot collection right that's what we're discussing here second invalidating ballots cast in the wrong precinct now that's the top line but the supreme court upheld and found in favor of bernovich mark bernovich the arizona attorney general that was decided in March of 2021. What has been done in, lo- in view of that decision, which sets the precedent for the country on ballot harvesting? Well, specific to Wisconsin, I will say there has not been enough follow-up on that court decision. So in other words, there has not been steps taken at the state level in the state of Wisconsin to say, look, this is illegal conduct. We not Take aside the court decision. We actually have it on our books currently saying this practice is illegal. We still had members of the state legislature, including Republicans, the state assembly speaker, Robin Voss, who asked me not to run because he had endorsed my primary opponent, Rebecca Clayfish, because they're all part of this machine, who were, who were perpetuating the existence of ballot drop boxes. And ballot drop boxes enable ballot harvesting, makes it much easier to go ahead and scoop up ballots and drop them off. So, so in answer to your question, there's not been the kind of follow through to say like, okay, 
through our own legislation, which has been passed already, and through court decisions, this is clearly illegal conduct. We actually have pictures of people in Dane County, Wisconsin, stuffing ballots into uh, duffel bags in the middle of parks in the middle of the day. We know it happened in 2020. We have to take the appropriate steps going forward to stop this because people are losing faith in their elections. And those steps have not yet been taken by either. Well, of course, not the Democrats. They're trying to do this proactively. But the Republican machine members in our state have not taken the steps to stomp this out. That's why people are so frustrated. Well, I mean, we again, we have a Supreme Court decision uh, that is now over a year old. Uh, many states have not followed through. And that's a question, as you said, an issue for the, all states not just for Wisconsin. My guest, Kevin Nicholson, uh, one of the Republican candidates in the primary for the governor's seat in Wisconsin. Uh, let's go to top issues. And of course, you know, there are the local issues. And as a governor, uh, that's, uh, that's where your primary focus is. Uh, you know, the interstate issues we can put aside for the moment. But top issues in Wisconsin, for the voters, we talked about your path to victory, your challenge to, as you put it, the establishment, I believe the word you used, or the institution. But top issue for Wisconsin voters on tax policy, uh, what is your approach? Well, I'll talk about a couple issues to address taxes because you asked about them. Look, we need to get state spending down. I think the biggest problem that, that career politicians have is they always assume that last year's spend is guaranteed, and the question is only how much more are they going to spend next year? The reality is that, you know, once you get outside these long-term benefits promised in health and retirement, there's a lot of room to, to, to analyze and zero-based budgeting to say, okay, going forward, we're going to make every single department in the state of Wisconsin start from zero every biennial, and they have to request every single dollar anew in order to actually justify the spend. That's how you get spending structurally reduced. That's how you can actually reduce your income taxes over time. And I absolutely know that we can do that in the state of Wisconsin. We have way too high of an income tax and way too high property taxes. But I'll tell you right now, David, these issues that are that are burning up the stove and that people are extremely worried about include elections, as you just talked about, education, and the reduction of crime. And here's here's the battlefield in Wisconsin as we see it. We've seen in terms of education, we have, as many states have, seen critical race theory shoved into curriculums around the state. We have kids being taught to hate themselves, to hate their fellow Americans to hate their country on the basis of race. It is the attempt to institutionalize Marxism through the prism of race. That's what critical race theory is. And that needs to be stopped. My answer to that is universal school choice. We need to move to a system where money now attaches to students, no longer attaches to school buildings, and empower parents to say, look, I don't like the curriculum. I don't like the fact you're not giving my kid the, the skill sets they need. I'm moving to a different school. The funding goes with the child. That means it's easier to start new schools. And that means that schools that don't provide good education shut down over time. And that's the market we need to create. We also need universal transparency for uh, curriculums. And those institutions that continue to teach critical race theory need to be sued on the basis of violation of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. In terms of crime, I mentioned it earlier, we've seen murder double in the city of Milwaukee. We've seen that violence spread throughout the state in places like I'm sure you know of the Waukesha parade attack, the Christmas parade attack. That was an individual that was released after having uh, domestic violent domestic charges already on the book against him, released on an unreasonably low bail. So I want to institute mandatory minimums for bail and for sentencing for violent charges and violent crimes. And then the next step is what we're seeing across the country is true in Wisconsin. We have to rebuild law enforcement agencies because people don't want to take the job right now because it's been so undermined. 
They can't recruit. They can't retain. I talked to probably eight sheriffs in our state yesterday, and this is a, a plague that's affecting the entire state, that our political class has so undermined law enforcement, certainly true of the incumbent governor, Democrat Tony Evers, but many others, too, by throwing law enforcement under the bus every single chance they get. I want to be the governor of the state of Wisconsin that goes to all 72 of our counties and stands by with local leaders and says to young people, this is an honorable profession. As a Marine combat vet, I've not worked the job of cops, but I do understand what it's like to build an ethos around a profession that is dangerous and challenging, but you need to be proud of doing in order to actually sign up to do it. So we got to address that, and then we can start to look at what are the fiscal implications of a world where we've got 7% inflation, wages up 4.5%. Uh, it's a challenging market to hire people for anything right now, especially hard for law enforcement. This is the stuff that, the, that frankly, governors across the country should be thinking about, like critically, like how do we get this stuff right from education, uh, law, reestablishing law and order. And if, they, if they're not serious about this stuff, and I would argue I've got primary opponents who don't even understand what I just said, we, they shouldn't be running because ultimately they're not going to be able to turn this tide that's coming from the left that's trying to destroy our society. You know, in order to be effective in any elected office, the ability to govern has to exist. Right now, Wisconsin has uh, a government structure uh, where the Democrats control the governorship, uh, the Secretary of State, the Attorney General, the Republican Party controls both chambers of the state legislature. Uh, If the Republicans take the governorship and of course there's the secretary of state the attorney general seats as well uh and you have a republican control of the legislature uh what are some of the first things on the agenda for wisconsin yep you heard a couple of them and 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 it is important like we, we will most likely continue to have a a republican majority state senate and state assembly and a governor and a conservative governor is going to have incredible opportunity here to, to move that legislature to do things that, frankly, should have been done in our state a decade ago when we did control the governorship, the state assembly, and the state senate. And we had a lot of missed opportunities. Some good things were done for sure, but there was missed opportunities. So right away, universal school choice. We're going to start the process of getting that moving. That should have been done a decade ago, but I'm going to get it done, empower Wisconsin families to get their kids into better schools. This is a transcendent issue that will start to – address so many things from, again, getting people on the right trajectory in life in the state of Wisconsin to also to getting them out of just bad culture environments that are teaching them that they don't have agency over their own life. We have to change that. I mentioned the mandatory minimums for sentencing and for uh, bail for violent charges and violent crimes. That has to be done. We have DAs in Milwaukee County and Dane County in the state of Wisconsin who are doing everything they can to get violent criminals back out on the street as quickly as they can. You can shoot at a cop in the city of Milwaukee today, be out in the street within 24 hours. That's insanity. And I know that kind of stuff's happened everywhere. I know it's happened in New York City because I read the New York Post. Like, this this has to stop. And the only way to take the ball out of these left-wing, zealot, liberal DAs that are populating district attorney offices around the country, take the ball away from them, Craft legislation carefully so you're only addressing violent charges and violent convictions and make sure there's mandatory minimums in place. With those initial steps, and and again, I mentioned elections, get rid of the Wisconsin Election Commission, 
create ultimate transparency, clarity in law, stop ballot harvesting so that people can have faith in their elections because they've lost it at this point. These things are the kind of stuff that gets society back on track. Now we can talk about, okay, how do we structurally reduce spending going forward so we can reduce the tax levy? You mentioned, um, and I'm happy to talk more if we've got time about Ukraine. I would, as governor of the state of Wisconsin, I will be the commander in chief of the National Guard of our state. It has been a long time dating back to Tommy Thompson, since we've had a governor in our state who served in uniform, who understands the importance of holding our national leaders to account when it comes to where our sons and daughters get deployed. I fought in Iraq and I fought in Afghanistan. David, you and I have talked about these conflicts in the past. I'm incredibly frustrated with the fact that our nation has spent so much blood and treasure without clear strategic objectives in our deployments. That is a massive problem. And as a governor, I do have an obligation and a role to stand before President of the United States and wants to deploy our National Guard and say, okay, in two to three sentences, tell me what the strategic objective of what you're doing is so that I can actually turn around to my Guard unit and say, here's why you're going, because you're going to uproot their life. You're going to put them in harm's way. This is true of Guard, active duty, and everybody. A President of the United States, the Commander-in-Chief of our National Forces, has to be able to look people in the eye and say, here's the point of what you're doing. And too many of our national and state leaders just don't understand that. And my urge to President Biden, who I think has proven to be a complete failure as a president in every single way, is stand before the American people today and explain clearly what your strategic objective is in Ukraine. What are you trying to accomplish and how? The muddled mess that has been the Biden administration is what led to the Ukrainian war that's happening right now by sending mixed signals, by the horrific uh, pullout that happened in Afghanistan. Vladimir Putin watched every bit of that, and he got a playbook as to what he could do in Ukraine. The Chinese Communist Party got a playbook as to what to do in Taiwan. That's what weak leaders engender. That's why we need stronger governors and, frankly, just stronger elected officials coming from outside our political class to step up. Kevin Nicholson, candidate for governor in Wisconsin. His website, NicholsonForWisconsin.com. Again, that's NicholsonForWisconsin.com. Kevin, great talking to you again. Thank you. Good luck on the campaign trail. You've got till August. We'll be talking soon. Thank you, sir. Take care, David. You can join me live on the David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125.